0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to This Naked Mind Podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and this is This Naked Mind Podcast, and I'm here with Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. How are you?
1: I'm very well. Thanks, Annie. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks for getting up at all crazy hours of the morning to do the podcast. Super fun. So um, why don't you take us back to kind of where it all started for you, like your first drink, your history, stuff like that.
1: Well, <clears throat> my first drink was probably around the age of three. Um, we, my family had been to the Barossa Valley and had souvenir sherry bottles and I quite like the flavor of the sherry. And I, from what my sister has told me, I was probably a little bit uh, intoxicated at the age of three just because I I liked the taste of it. Um, Didn't know what the effect, Um, you know, I suppose as I got older, early teens, you know, school, end up drinking beer, Uh, you know, the odd spirit, experimenting with alcohol. And it was just like, you know, a fun thing to do. Um, Just, you just did it. Um, Then I got older. um, I joined a, I joined a a job with a fairly uh, strong drinking culture and camaraderie. And I took to that like a duck to water. (laughs) Um, Um, and I enjoyed it, and it was a, a way of, I suppose, socialising, letting off steam, and just putting problems in the back of the the bag, and not looking at them, not not resolving them. Um, you know, and I, I suppose, for a long time, for, for God, maybe, you yeah. know. From the age of 40 or or, or, or uh, maybe even earlier, I've got this, yeah, I'm drinking too much. So I'd go through stages of, I'd give up for a month, I'd give up for three months, six months.
0: And what were the things that, that prompted the giving it up? Was it specific events or occasions or was it just kind of overall?
1: Uh there was times I turned into a person I didn't particularly like. Um, I always described myself as a uh, happy drunk. Um, but sometimes I could get narky um, and not very nice. And I didn't like that uh, flaw in my character. And, you know, I suppose the alcohol probably brought it to the surface in some respect. Um, mm. Maybe it is a character flaw, but... I think when you drink, your filters your filters fall away and you don't have um, the, the, the nows to think, hey, I shouldn't say that or I should think of this another way or I can deal with this in a different way. So your bullshit filter is, uh, you know, you, you just let it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there'd be times I'd think, oh, I don't like that. and I need to stop this. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, I'm a sort of all or nothing guy. <laughs> and so it's, I have to no, 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 And and that was a sort of person I was. Even my ex party to say, for God's sakes, just have a drink. You're miserable. And I probably was. But I'd just say, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can prove it to myself. I can do it.
0: I can relate to the all or nothing for sure.
1: <laughs> and um, I suppose July 2018, I, I went off work. And, you know, I was probably drinking uh, six, eight, 10, 12 beers in a session. Um, I'd look at the bottles in the morning, and think shit, Houston, we've got a problem. And uh, but I'd speak to other people and say, oh well, at least you're not drinking scotch or you're not drinking gin or you or you know. Not, I would have a glass of wine, and even if I'd go out to dinner, you know, I'd have I'd have a beer going and a glass of wine going at the same time. Um, and that's not a real good thing either. Um, <clears throat> so. I ended up, just through my work, I was end up going to see a psychiatrist and I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress, and the big clangor was admitting to myself and, and saying out loud that, hey, I'm probably an alcoholic, and th- that day was, uh, I suppose... Uh, September 2018, mm. and I just I stopped from that day, and I went into a psychiatric hospital, and I listened to all the stuff about your your brain and how you it has addictive functions, and I listened to other people that I'd been in hospital with, you know, and they were drinking far more than me, far more. I thought, oh yeah I've got a problem, but I'm not as bad as they are, but Yeah, yeah and I was, I was sort of I was okay with it, and then I, I got to the stage I was, I was more it' was more a denial than a choice. Um, I, it wasn't like I had a choice in the minute more or less. I was telling myself I have to I have to not drink or I have to give up because it's not good for me. So, March 2019, I, I busted, for uh, one of a better word, and I just started with just half-strength beer, and lo and behold, uh, all those things I'd learned about your brain saying, wow, you're back. Feed me, feed me, feed me.
0: Mm.
1: I fed it, and I, and I fed it plenty. Um, and mostly good time but yeah not a healthy time. and I was, just December last year, um, again that, that filter turned me into the person I wouldn't want to be with um, and yeah, it was about how to deal with the situation, how to speak to someone. Who you disagree with without shoving your opinion down their throat, because um, nobody likes to be told. And I was telling him, that's not what I need to do. So it it, it it was a deal breaker relationship-wise. It wasn't good for the relationship. And the lady I'm seeing, you know, she said you and I drinking together would implode, and We almost did. Um, Anyway, she gave me a copy of your book or recommended it. And I I read it feverishly. Um, Got a lot out of it. Um, You weren't telling me not to drink. Um, You weren't telling me things I didn't know. You just said them in a different way, Mm. which made far more sense. And look, <clears throat> I'm choosing not to drink um, now. Not not denying myself. And uh, look, I have uh, zero alcohol beer. I actually like the taste of beer. I have bottles of gin in my cupboard. I don't touch them. I don't.
0: That's awesome. I don't.
1: I don't have the craving for alcohol. I lo- I do enjoy a beer, but there are places I can have a non-alcoholic beer. Um, and. You know, this may not go down super duper well, um, but I think to myself, well, yeah, I'm choosing not to drink. And if I go on holidays, like if I went back to Greece, I might have a, I wouldn't mind having an ouzo and ice with a, you know, with a, and a mythos while I sit by the water. Like if I can associate that as it, then I feel I can do that and say, yep, done. And it'd be like an association thing with holiday and then back to the reality world. Don't do it. And as I was walking yesterday, I thought, yeah, I'm choosing to do this. No one's making the choice for me but me. And I'm doing it because I see the benefits in it. And I do. I do. I've dropped a couple of kilos. I'm feeling very clear and sharp in mind. And even my girl, she says to me, she says, you know what? You are so much better this time. You don't talk about alcohol like you did before. It was just a a, 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 a constant thing in your head. I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. Now, um, I think, well, I could drink if I wanted to. I choose not to. Uh, I'll go to the pub or hotel or bars and I can have a soda water or I can have a a, uh, zero alcohol beer. I've even got i got some Aperol substitute and stuff like that and that does me you know it's it's after that first two or three you think, yeah done don't need the grog
0: Right.
1: so yeah
0: oh that's so awesome that's so great I am um, it's funny the first time I felt very the same way and that's like the best feeling it's this feeling of like Yeah, I could if I wanted to. And I remember we went to Hawaii, um, and it was a mai tai for me was my thing. That I was like, all right. And I was I was sitting there, and you know, well before I'd sort of um, written the book or anything, but I I just really had my own experience. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I really think think they take. I was asking myself the questions, like I was sitting there on the beach, and I was like, okay. Here I am, this is, I always thought, I'd never been to Hawaii before. I always thought if I was gonna go to Hawaii, I had this vision of me being on the beach, having a Mai Tai. So here I am, and it's like really there for me. And I was like, well, it is my choice, you know? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, decide, but I asked myself, I said, but now I know I'm gonna ask myself exactly why do I want it? Like, what is it that is gonna enhance this experience? And so I went through that and I was like, well, is it actually the alcohol? And I was like, oh, it would make me feel probably tipsy or dizzy for like 20 minutes and then you know probably is going to make me want another one. Um and so I was like no, I don't know if it's actually the alcohol and and so I went through I was like um I think it's really the taste. And so I had my husband order a mai tai and I ordered a virgin mai tai. And I was like we did a taste test cuz I was convinced it tastes better with the rum. Like I was just absolutely convinced. And so I was like all right, I'm going to have I'm going to taste his, I'm going to taste mine and um mine tasted better without the alcohol and then i was like this is just awesome because then there i was i had my Mai Tai on the beach it didn't have alcohol because the one with the rum didn't taste very good at all to me and i was like and i don't want to even like open that can of worms and but it was so it was so my choice i was like if it comes and it really tastes better and i really feel like like i'm not going to enter this intense deprivation thing, because I know that that's where that's gotten me for so long. And I also know that if I was to make a decision and it did turn into eight my ties in the next morning, then I was going to pick myself back up and be like, okay, right. Like that wasn't right for me. And that was just going to be a milestone. That was just going to be a data point. It was just going to be a learning experience. And, um, and then the experience was awesome because there I was having my Mai Tai, my vision was fulfilled. Um, but it just didn't have alcohol. And and it was funny because I, I really did assume that the flavor from my ties came from like it, it would be too sweet without the rum or whatever. And and it wasn't. It was great. It was a really nice experience. It was so interesting. I like that.
1: Yeah. And I yeah, you know, that's what I, I say. I say I may have one and I I may not. It'll just be a choice at the time. And you know, I, I had as I said I, I don't. In Australia, they they make the zero alcohol beers hopeless, but there's a lot of German ones that they import, and there's a Peroni. And we were at a pub the other day, and um, my girl said, "Oh, taste this. Does it taste funny?" And I, so I tasted the beer, and I went to spit it out. She said, "I don't think you need know, to spit it out." So I thought, you know, it, it did taste funny, and I don't know. I don't know if that if I have a beer, will it taste funny or not? Is that like, I'm happy with what I've got, um, and yeah, I, I really don't. I don't say. I, I don't say never, because never is a hard thing to do. Um, but I say, at the time, I'll, I'll maybe choose not to, or maybe I'll choose to. And if I stuff it up, well, I know I've got the. I've got the. Okay, I, I can't beat myself up for it. I just have to learn from it and say, hey, okay, you did this, or even you, it, like like what your book says it. it I'm actually reading you the one I should have read first, The Alcohol Experiment, the 30 days. But, you know, just a lot of things sort of twig back in and make sense. But, yeah, I don't need to beat myself up. And I know I can, I can get myself back to where I need to be without having to, um, you know, just say, oh, geez, Andrew, you're an idiot, you know. Just say, yeah, okay, that didn't work. Let's 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 go again. But what I was trying to say is, uh, I like your book because it doesn't say this is not a never thing. This is you can moderate, you can reduce, or you can give up entirely. Um, so it's it's all a matter of choice. So yeah, you're not you're not like an angry parent saying you must do this. Like I <laughs> I probably am with my children, and all it does is make you more determined to do the opposite.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There was, I heard this great analogy recently about um, about how artificial intelligence learns how to play chess. And so they, they're basically given the rules. So the computer is given the rules for chess. And then they're just sat there with a chessboard and an opponent. And they just make a, they make a move and it doesn't work. And so they make another move and it doesn't work. And they make another move and it doesn't work. And they make another move and it does work. And then they learn and then they make another move and it doesn't work. And they just go through this. And the analogy was like at no point during that process of trying, experimenting, learning, understanding what works, um, which by the way, when an artificial intelligence like learns to play chess in this manner, they beat most humans because they've learned it at such a deep internal thorough level. They have their own experience. They've learned it at this experiential level because they're able to like go through so many more moves than we are and, and have the automatic feedback of it working or not working. And so, but there's never, the analogy was that there's never a point where that artificial intelligence is being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you moved that pawn there and you messed that up. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. What are you doing? Oh my God. Like, like they don't do that because they realize that, you know, the mistake is the way, like the, the, they wouldn't even say it's a mistake. It's a data point. It is the way it is the path you know, and so um, anyway, I just, I I thought that was, that was so interesting, and, and I like to compare it also. I learned this about probably six months ago, just this idea, my daughter, she's two, and she was learning to walk about a year ago, and I was just kind of watching the process, and you know, they fall down so much when they're learning to walk, and so somebody told me, they said, well, you know what part of the falling down is, and I was like, no, and she's like, when they get up, they actually, by getting up, by pushing themselves up off the ground with their legs, they're building the muscles they need to walk. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So it's literally in the falling down, the muscles to be successful are being built. Right. And um, anyway, it's just such a cool reframe from how we normally think about all this stuff. And it gives you so much freedom and autonomy to live your own life. And I mean, I like to say this too, is like, we're all adults, we're all going to do what we want to at the end of the day anyway, so like, why have some, some fake kind of rules around it if, you know, you have to find what works for you, you have to find your own path that's true for you, because that's where, and especially according to the studies around spontaneous sobriety, that's where success is, that's where freedom is, um, is when people really take true and complete ownership for how they want to feel and for their choices and decisions, it's just awesome. Mm.
1: Yeah, I just, but you know, I not, I'd go out for dinner and stuff like that. And I, I went out for dinner or lunch a couple of weeks ago with some friends. And one guy who, you know, was a friend for an associate, he was falling asleep at the table. He'd been drinking since the morning. Like, yeah, yeah. That's not the sort of person I, I really want to be. But I'm not going to judge him, that's his world. Um, But, hey, I feel so good that I'm in the moment and in four hours' time, I'll still be in the moment and tomorrow I won't have suffered from making my moment, um, I suppose, cloudy through a deluge of alcohol and I don't have to suffer the hangover. I don't have to suffer the, you know, and he apologised to me the next or the day later. Oh, sorry about that. That's... That's not the person, you know, that's not how I like to be or whatever. I said, no, it's okay. I've been there. You know, I've done the same thing. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, it's it's quite, um, it's, well, it's their life. But it's something I, I don't need to do um, or replicate. Um, yeah. It's something I don't wish to replicate. Yeah, so you, you do see things around you but it's it's more it's the fact you, you wake up clear you wake up healthy and you know I, I did know notice when i you know stopped drinking at other times and i've been to functions um you know after after an hour or two it was boring because everybody was you know they're pissed or they're drunk or they they're being dicks and you think wow is that how i go on yeah, I probably did, and, and sometimes worse. So yeah, you, you do get a, uh, a good perspective, but sometimes I suppose you feel like you're not in that club, but it's, it's really, it's like being a child, avoiding that peer pressure. And we're adults, we should know better than uh, having to fall into that through peer pressure, which we do succumb to. Um, but yeah, there's a, a good lesson. Of having a sober night out with drunk people, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's. it's if you hang out with a group of people, whatever it is, um, consistently enough, without sort of your own thoughts of it, you'll probably end up falling to those patterns. So it's, I suppose you. You have to have some disassociation too, at, at some part, I think. Don't, don't shut yourself off. But there, there is a bit of disassociation there for me, I think. Like, yeah. yeah, that's
0: it. I think it's about being really honest with yourself about what you actually want what works for you. And so many people tell me that this journey actually has to catapult them out of being pleasers because it's really easy to be kind of a pleaser and do things you don't necessarily want to do um, when you're drinking. It's so much easier to say, and I know this very personally, to say yes to social engagements, because you're like, well, at least at least there'll be booze, we'll be able to get drunk, like we'll be able to drink. And so, um, but then you take that away and it's like, wow, do I really want to go to this whatever, fill in the blank, um, with these people that, you know, I don't have really primary or clear even relationships with just for the sake of whatever fill in the blank. And you have to look at these things from a, what, you know, if, if I'm gonna focus on what's essential in my life and what's ideal and how I want to spend my time, like what is this doing for me or not doing for me? You know, because there's, I mean, to be honest with you, like a lot of the corporate functions for me, were very much gossipy like they were very gossipy they were very political they were very trying to form alliances someone talking to someone about someone else so that you felt closer and they'd share you something that was going on here that you might not want to know and you know all this stuff and it was it was not healthy um but it was easy to be in without all my faculties it was easy to be in when i was drinking when i wasn't drinking it wasn't easy to be in Um, and i think even if it's a group of girlfriends who are just really negative and you're getting together to just everybody complain about their spouses or um, a group of guys who's just getting together to complain about whatever like there's so many the human brain is definitely wired for that and we do feel closer in the moment to other people when we can complain about the common enemy, whether it's the weather or the husband or wife or the male or you know whatever it is, um, and it, but it doesn't leave us feeling good afterwards. But that's so easy to power through or turn off when you're drinking, and when you're not drinking, you actually have to sit there and say, "Wow, that didn't feel good." And our brain will say, well, yeah, that's because you weren't drinking. Well, yeah, in part, but actually deeper, it didn't feel good to the truth of who you are, which is you not drinking, because the truth of who you are is not you intoxicated. The truth of who you are is you unintoxicated, right? And so, um, and so that can be really hard. And then we have to go through this whole thing of learning how to say no and uh, learning how to do it in a loving way where we're not you know, being mean or offending people um, and that's just a journey, but it's it's really worth it because then when you do take your time back, the times that you do spend with people are are the people you really want to spend time with, and it just enhances all of it so much.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I get that um, that negativity sort of thing, um, and I, look, I, I went to AA for a few meetings, and that was. That was an experience that um, they pushed for the hospital, and, and AA does a good thing. It just wasn't for me because it was just, wow, these people—that's that's their that's whole life, not drinking. That's what it seems to me. and all this thing, all the, all this good's going to come from it. Um, but it was—it always seemed to me that the, the core value was not drinking, not drinking, you know. It, and then it would come up, I feel better, I feel better. But it was it was always this, really this sense of denial. I mean, they did push, you know, if you bust, you bust, you come back, live for each day at a time. But I, you know, as I've said to my doctor and stuff like that, I don't want, um, you know, my diagnosis to be, uh, define me and, and, put me forward as hey, this is Andrew, he's had depression, he's had anxiety, he's, he's had post-traumatic stress, and he has had alcohol dependence. I just want to be Andrew without all those labels. So I don't want to be going, keep going to meetings and stuff like that because I think it keeps off putting the label on me. I just want to be, hey, I'm Andrew, I choose not to drink. Or if I choose to have a drink, I choose to have one or two and say, enough I don't need it mm-hmm.
0: That's so good yeah so let me ask you the question I always ask kind of at the end is if, if you were going to go back to Andrew of um, you know really taking the breaks and feeling like oh it's too much I'm going to take a break and then going back to drinking and feeling like it's too much and really tell him about what, what life is like today what kind of peace of mind and freedom you've found what would you tell him
1: I don't want to go on that uh, yo-yo alcohol diet. You know, it's they talk about yo-yo dieters how it affects their body and makes it worse each time. Yeah, I don't want to be a yo-yo drinker. And uh, oh, I've got to do something. Um, I went to dinner a couple of weeks ago with, and one guy's a non-drinker, but he was able to have one, one rum and coke. And one beer, and that would be all he'd have in a six-month period, because you know that's his. I thought, man, if I could be like that, I'd be I'd be quite quite happy and liberated. And he goes out and has a good time, and he's funny and, but yeah, that was it. Net yeah, one drink, no no drama, and give it away. Um, I don't want to I don't want to define myself as. Uh, I've got to have a drink, or I need to have a drink, or it's if I choose to, I will, and the likelihood is I won't, because it'll come to that time, and I think, yeah, don't need it. And the funny thing is, every time I've I've gone back to having alcohol after a long break, it has tasted like shit.
0: Yeah, it does. It really does. It's crazy. And,
1: and then I have the second one just to prove it does and it doesn't. After <laughs> yeah. You know so you, you can make yourself do anything if, you, if you really if you really are desirous of doing it, and Ergo, you can make yourself not do anything when you don't need to. Mm-hmm. And to realize it, I think the realization is you don't need to um, and you have a choice not to. And it is so hard in, in countries, first world countries, uh, I suppose Australia, England, United States, Drinking cultures—it's uh, it, pushed to us through uh, advertising, uh, movies, television. Less so American TV. American TV doesn't have a big drinking culture, um, but Australian television does, and, and everything everything's associated with the, with, with the alcohol is a good time. Um, and it, it's funny, and I suppose when 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 the people making things change their attitudes uh, and how they show people having a good time and what's important, then, you know, probably people's behaviours will change. I, I don't see this. It's probably worked for cigarettes, you know, with people, they decrease in smoking and, you know, tobacco companies are multi, multi-billion dollar enterprises. Um, and they're forced by the government to, hey, this is, what has to go on cigarette packers in Australia and the prices are expensive and it 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 it, it causes people not to smoke because they realise it's bad for them. They should be doing that with alcohol more so. You know, it's gonna give you stomach cancer or you know, liver cancer or whatever. Um, and some people might take heat but buy it. You know, and the other one of the funniest things in your book that really smacked me was I had a pretty happy childhood without without alcohol, and I knew that. And that, you know, other people may have said it to you. They may have. It's not. I, I don't think it was just your light bulb moment. It's just like, oh yeah, she sees it too. I didn't need alcohol as a child, but my three year old, age of three experience, and I had a good time. So why suddenly when I hit my teens do I need it? It's it's it's, it's a. I don't need it. And that's it, you don't need alcohol to have a good time. Um, and if you, can, if you can have it in moderation and sensibly, all power to you. Me, um, unfortunately, I can't, and until I can, I won't. And as the mate says to me, he says, oh, you're weak, can't you just have three or four? I say, no, I can't, and until I can, I won't. And really, that's, that's, that's where I'm at.
0: That's awesome, I love it so much, yeah. so great. Thank you so much, Andrew, for waking up super duper early to share your story. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, that's no thank you. Clear head is always good. Clear <laughs> head's lovely.
0: <laughs> easy to Thanks, make. Thanks, sure. Maybe not so easy. Yeah.
1: that's <laughs> no, pretty good. I'll get up and go to work. Thank <laughs> okay, you.
0: great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye bye. Right. Ciao. Bye bye. Let me ask you a question. What is better than change? Lasting change, of course. And if you've had trouble making change stick, either with alcohol or in any other area of your life, you are in for a treat. I created the 100 Days of Lasting Change to ensure that we don't just change for a moment, but we truly transform for a lifetime. And this program is so close to my heart. Thousands of people have been through it and their results are incredible. But don't take my word for it. Check it out at thisnakedmind.com forward slash 100 days.